1: Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN
2: or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to It Thursdays here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska. Lottery. Chris Schmidt. Willie J is in. Will Wilson. Find us. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. At Willie J on Twitter. Email chris at alevarsity.com and you can dial us up. 466 466 37 800-825-5865. Plenty of thoughts from Scott Frost to get into. Thoughts from the mayor, Coach Hoiberg and... Tough one last night for Nebraska in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. The and Wreck and uh, Elvarado went off, man. Uh, We'll hear from the mayor here coming up. But tough one if you're a Nebraska basketball fan. We'll see if it gets uh, worse, better, or somewhere in between tomorrow night at 6 as Nebraska and Creighton tip. So on the program coming up in about 15 minutes, Brandon Vogel will join us. We will talk football. We will try and squeeze out some Danny Knee stories from from Vogue's as a Ute. Um, Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, is going to join us at 440, get his take on some Big Ten action. Danny Burke is on 100 radio stations and Sirius XM because he is the man. The Pride of Chicago in 30 minutes. Uh, Gary Barnett in one hour will talk uh, the Ohio State rule. His feelings on the Buffs getting the Heisman on the Pac-12 South because they're tied with USC, both 4-0. Both lost a game due to COVID. SC would get the nod in the Pac-12 title game. Is that cool? And uh, more from Barney on Nebraska this weekend. And then let's talk with the Pirate. Mike Leach going to join us, the head coach of Mississippi State. Excited to talk all things uh, Cowbell and uh, autographs, and uh, what we'll, we'll talk transfer portal with the Pirate because he may have a, a thing or two to say about that. Well, let's uh, dive into Nebraska basketball. A uh, tough loss last night for Coach Hoiberg, this Nebraska team. And at what point did you start swearing as a Nebraska fan last night? You were down at half, and things were going Okay, Alvarado was watching for much of the first half. Moses did not go off. You look at the final stats. Nebraska really focused in and did a nice job rebounding. They won the rebounding battle. They were supposed to get worked in that. They didn't. But it really just kind of comes down to to shooting for Nebraska basketball. And in this offense where it's about pace and it's about space, Nebraska at times moved the ball, at times didn't, and the the topic was the 1-3-1 zone. And my biggest takeaway is if Nebraska is going to shoot that many three-point shots, they have they have got to go in. And that's obvious. Forgive me. I, I'm almost embarrassed to go there with it. But, but that's just really it, man. If this is the offense, and it's just one game, okay, I, I get it. Not going to overreact. They're right there. How good's Georgia Tech? Well, we know Alvarado's every bit as good as advertised as a second team all ACC. But what I what I didn't like was some of Nebraska's shot selection. Nebraska continues to have issues at the rim if they would get there. Teddy uh, Buckets has got to be Teddy Buckets. He can't be 4-16. I think Nebraska got a little bit too emotional with when things weren't going in. They didn't, like, droop their head, but I think that rage didn't help them uh, when it comes to finishing. Lat needs more than five shots. He passed on a few, because he's really your zone buster. He's the guy that's most consistent from downtown. I like Banton's game offensively. I know he didn't shoot a great percentage, but uh, they just had some things uh, roll off the rim. The star last night was Webster, and that guy uh, comes from a smaller school, accepts his role as kind of the sixth man and comes in ready, comes in ready with good footwork, comes in ready, and rhythm comes in ready and goes six or seven from three-point land. He carried Nebraska, and he kept Nebraska in it. And and then the final seven or eight minutes hit, and that's when you had a guy uh, like Alvarado take over. Nebraska had no answer. Nebraska's focus wasn't what it needed to be. All that being said... It's, it, it could be okay tomorrow night. I don't know that they win, but maybe they play better. Maybe they take it down to the wire. Uh, Nebraska just wasn't good enough last night. Let's hear from Coach Hoiberg. And uh, his overall thoughts, uh, his takeaway, cut nine right here from the mayor.
3: You got to give him credit. He stepped up and made huge plays for him. You know, we, we messed up a couple coverages. Two guys went with the back uh, cutter on, on a couple uh, uh, couple design plays that they have where they come together on splits, uh, let him get open on that. And then again, the two offensive rebounds in that stretch after having a lead at the seven-minute media timeout, I thought were, were the keys to the game, uh, which they converted into six points. And in a tight game like that, a one-possession game at that time, uh, you can't allow that to happen. You can't give them the momentum. Uh, in the confidence to finish us off. And then, you know, again, we missed some timely free throws uh, in that stretch as well, and, and they got that lead up. So, you know, a lot of things we can learn from, a lot of correctable things. Uh, we'll get back into gym tomorrow and get ready for our game on Friday.
2: You know what? Nebraska will focus. They'll reevaluate. They'll need a good rebounding effort tomorrow, clearly. Uh, they'll need good defense. And I thought Nebraska did a really good job of – of rotating and, and trying to contest. Okay. I don't think their defensive effort was was horrific. I just think there were some loose balls that were an issue. I think sometimes it is what it is with guys that just don't have hands on the team, being able to grab a ball or a deflected ball down low in the rebound situation. That, I mean, some big guys just don't have great hands, and I haven't seen it getting any better. Uh, turnovers were an issue for Nebraska. Uh, they had 16. That hurt uh, for Nebraska basketball. More from Coach Hoyberg here. Uh, when it comes to their focus and mental toughness here down the stretch, that that final seven eight minute and you had there's one play where the the lead jumped right. It was about a three point ball game, or it might have been a six point ball game. But Alvarado, nobody first and foremost stopped the ball. Secondly, nobody uh stayed on him, both guys slipped down to another man, and Alvarado was right there to 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 cock and fire and and drill a three and Nebraska took a timeout and then that was your dagger shot, okay Alvarado had the ball in his hand, he made plays and he made shots and he he erupted because he'd been on the on the bench with four fouls forever because he kept running in to uh to McGowan's, who's crafty as all get out. I love his defense. I love his energy. He is a thorn for everybody else, but he needs to be a bit, a bit more efficient and better offensively. Can't be two for nine. Uh, so Nebraska was lacking a third double-digit score, all right? You had Webster go for 20. You had another guy uh, uh, in, in uh, Banton get uh, 15 or 16. You may have had a third double-digit score, but you needed Teddy Buckets to have an efficient 15-20 to 20 point ball game, and that didn't happen. And uh, Nebraska, I think, tried too much from the outside, which against the zone, that's what they want. But you had some room to to maybe knife up that zone by getting closer looks. And there were times you had Banton with a nice little free throw shot or a short corner jump shot, or Teddy could penetrate in early in the second half. But overall, uh, you just saw too many warts on a team. Now, from a mental standpoint, this team's a team that has an edge. They're pissy, and they'll come back so appropriately tomorrow night. They'll have an edge and be ready to go. But again, with, with, with Lat picking up a tech, technical foul as a second foul that early in the game, that'll take him right out. It's okay to, to, to be a tough guy and bang down low and rebound, but you just got to avoid the technical foul. The, 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 the chippiness that you're bringing needs to have a line in the sand more from Hoiberg on focus.
3: Well, it needs to be better. There's no doubt about it. I I thought it was really good for a stretch when we took the lead after being down at halftime. I thought we made some really good plays, some toughness plays. But when they got the momentum, I just saw a splinter a little bit. And again, that's the biggest part of this game is battling through adversity, which this group has been good at that so far this season. But for the first time, uh, I didn't see that same togetherness. Even the Nevada game, when we weren't hitting shots, everybody stayed together and stayed with it uh tonight i just saw us separate a little bit so got to find a way to do it i don't care what level you're playing at elementary school high school college pro the number one thing you have to do is fight through adversity and battle through the runs and they did a much better job of that than we did tonight and that's uh that's why they won the game
2: last set from hoiberg we'll revisit uh, with the mayor coming up but nebraska dropped a winnable game in a, uh, a a situation where it could have gave him some great momentum going into Creighton because who's looming? Wisconsin is looming. Ranked Wisconsin's looming December 21st. Jawan and Michigan are right after that. You don't want to go into the new year on a losing skid. This would have been a win. And it was a doable win for Nebraska. And uh, they just weren't good enough last night. Are they going to be good enough tomorrow night to... Uh, hang in there against a team that could be in the Final Four, while the locker room's not happy.
3: They, they were bothered by it. That was a dejected locker room uh, in there, and Kobe was doing a really good job of talking and, and trying to keep the guys spirits and talking about how we need to put it behind us and, and bounce back with a good, solid day tomorrow and get ready for uh, one of the top teams in the country against Creighton on Friday, our first road test. So, you know, it was, though. It was it was dejected. It was disappointed in there, uh, but we've got to try to lift their spirits, put it behind and, and get ready to go and uh, hopefully play a complete game on Friday. We're going to have to.
2: You can play angry, and that might help feed into the old rivalry thing. Willie J., you're a huge Husker basketball fan. I mean, you're not wearing your uh, your Mikey Moore jersey today. It's, it must be dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's in the wash. But the the point of this is, is you were watching, and he knew it once – Alvarado started doing his thing that you've seen this movie before, Nebraska basketball. I hope that they can, can write it because I think they're talented enough to be competitive on any given night. They're just not hitting shots. No. And unfortunately that's going to be the season, right? If we can not hit shots, I mean, you're going to see that every game. And you know? are they going to be able to hit shots against higher level competition? I think the talent's there. And I don't, I don't doubt mayor, the mayor's system, I don't. Sure. I think his system works. It's proven it works. The pace and space thing, where you can drive and kick, and he's got some dudes, and it seems like this chemistry is really pretty good. But if they yeah. keep losing or get pounded. Does that chemistry stay solid?
1: Right. And the zone last night was kind of they they
2: couldn't find success with that. They were just, they were just thinking too much. 1-3-1 with, one three one or something. With, yeah, it's what it's the old Syracuse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's you got dudes that that long and athletic to wingspan it out. Yeah. And it can just switch up on you, That's but tough. you got to hit some shots, and lat 's got to take more than five shots, and lat 's got to stay on the floor uh, for the first half to get some rhythm going mm-hmm. because i mean <laughs> he's, hes he's a he 's a three point guy exactly uh, let 's go to Scott Frost here, and uh, Coach Frost uh, spoke with the media earlier today, his take on things is Nebraska gears up for minnesota that line still 10 and a half and uh, nebraska's done a pretty good job better than most on uh, dealing with covid and uh, here is coach frost on you know nebraska's approach this year why they've been so uh, disciplined is the best word
4: it's just something we have to deal with, Parker, uh, and everybody has to. Our team has—I like, got to compliment them. It's just such a great group of guys and fun group of guys to be around, and they've done a, a great job staying disciplined. I don't know the exact number. We've had over 20 through the course of this season positive antigen tests, and I think all but one or two were uh, false positives. Uh, but we, you know, we take extreme cautions when we get one of the one of those and make sure it's not spreading around the team. And every school, I think, has different access to the ability to PCR people and get the results back. And, um, we had, we get it done really quickly here because of our cooperation with UNMC and, um, wasn't quite as fast for us on Saturday. So that kind of put Marvin in a, in a bad spot, but it, it's been happening all year.
2: Scott was, uh, the, the, the point of the question and just overall Nebraska has done a really good job of kind of being ahead of the curve more from frost here on Ohio state in the big 10 and that, uh, that title game that Ohio State is going to be in.
4: Yeah, that, that's a decision that doesn't have anything to do with me. It's, you know, other than it's probably what's best for the conference to, to give ourselves the best chance to get somebody in a playoff. And uh, it's such an unusual year, it'd be hard to penalize Ohio State. I guess all I would say is if, if I was in that situation, if I was Ryan Day, I'd want an opportunity. And other than that, it doesn't have much to do with us.
2: Last sign here from Scott Frost. Brandon Vogel is coming up. Mike Leach an hour away. This is Frost. How's the focus been this week? Got a really wounded Minnesota team on paper. Is Nebraska locked in?
4: Yeah, way better. Absolutely way better. Last last uh, about three weeks, um, I've really seen some growth on our team. Their mindset, their preparation, their execution. I'm, I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing right now and the attitude our guys have.
2: So we'll talk a little bit here about Minnesota and Nebraska with Brandon Vogel. We'll get into who week nine could be. I'd love to see Nebraska-Wisconsin. Let's revisit that thing. That'd be outstanding. I don't know if Wisconsin's interested if they come up with COVID again. Just for the sheer fact that, I mean, look at the stretch Wisconsin's been on. Right? I mean, they, they had Indiana last weekend. They missed ball. Then they get Indiana. Now it's Iowa. And then who do they who do they finish out with? Is it rival Minnesota for Paul Bunyan? Or does Nebraska get whiskey? And Coach Alvarez and company here before, uh, before we figure out what is likely bowl-wise. Get a win on Saturday. Nebraska, I think, could be bowling. And uh, Nebraska fans would love that. The team would love it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. at Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Brandon Vogel of Hale Varsity up next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Numbers to get in, dial us up, 466 3776 466 5865. We are efforting Brandon Vogel, managing editor from hailvarsity.com and magazine, and uh, his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Uh, So we'll uh, see if we can't get in touch with Brandon Vogel. Meanwhile, it's uh, Nebraska, it's Minnesota. Plenty of thoughts uh, on the Gophers and uh, Nebraska. And listen, big ball game for the Big Red. Can they handle success? Can they bounce back? Uh, from a, a win with another win after being so close against Iowa, after doing what they did to their bed uh, against Illinois, uh, post-Penn State. We welcome on the managing editor for HaleVarCity.com and Magazine. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Follow Brandon on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogues, how's your Thursday, man? What do you know? Oh, not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited about... Nebraska-Minnesota, there's nebraska Creighton basketball tomorrow. Were you kind of a closet Georgia Tech guy along with me with the Kenny Anderson era?
5: <laughs> um, no, I, I can't say that I was. It's a hard uh, pass Kenny moving Anderson. forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was definitely aware Kenny Anderson. You know, he was of that era where it's like, oh man, this is the, the greatest high school player that that we have seen since since Blue Alfender. right? And never fully never fully added up that he ended up at Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, draw whatever conclusion you may. I can
2: tell you how that worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Brooklyn Bobby connection, Crimmins. the Brooklyn connection with Bobby Crimmins, of course.
5: <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> burned uh, burned bright and brief. Uh, that that. Titty Anderson era at, at Georgia Tech
2: so let's uh, let's get your take real quick on on Nebraska last night against uh, Georgia Tech, and you know what do you see tomorrow with Husker basketball against a really really solid Creighton team? Do you like this Nebraska team, and do you like them enough to think that they'll be able to to surprise some people, or is it going to be another year of lumps despite better better ball players? Mm-hmm.
5: No, I think it will definitely be less lumpy than, than last year was. I think they're, they're already a bit ahead of, of where they were. It's just a more dynamic team uh, in terms of some of the playmakers that they have. But, but a team that's still, and I think as, as we saw last night, still limited in some, some facets. So, you know, it's, it's, I think this is going to be a fun basketball season. I look at Nebraska as a team that when it shoots well – it can, it can beat just about anybody when it doesn't, uh, which it really didn't last night. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But for 30 minutes against, against Georgia Tech, you know, that felt like a, a total coin flip, uh, a game that could go either way. And then they, they faltered a little bit down the stretch. But they're definitely going to beat some teams uh, in Big Ten play that they probably have no business beating. And, and for a program that's in year two of, of a bit of a restructure or a rebuild, I think you take that.
2: Vogues, uh, let's uh, switch gears to football and uh, get your take here on Nebraska-Minnesota. And what does, what, does tomorrow, what does Saturday come down to, and what did you profile with your podcast, the I-80 podcast on the Herd Ad Media Network?
5: yeah Minnesota's kind of an interesting team um, probably uh, it, they're a team that I think because pJ Fleck is uh, polarizing for for lack of a better term um, it might might be getting a little bit undervalued so far like that that offense remains really efficient means that it, it stays on schedule down to down, pretty impressive and, and pretty impressive in that it's done that even even through losing a Rashad Bateman. I know they haven't played without him, but they thought they were going to be without him at the beginning of the year. Uh, is much run heavier than, than it was a year ago. Um, but still it's just kind of keep on. There's, there's a little bit of a North 2019 Northwestern vibe to me for it. in that mm-hmm. last year's Northwestern team, you could look at them and be like, defense was great still. Uh, but man, was that offense, really really bad that's that's kind of where things are at for the gophers except flipped a little bit um we could have expected them to to struggle defensively a little bit but not to the degree that they are so i think that means good things for for nebraska this weekend but as you look ahead to 2021 i wouldn't write off like minnesota as a program that couldn't follow up an 11-win season based on what i've seen so far
2: I I look at their defense and their front seven, as, as young as their linebacking core is and as decimated as they've been on the D line, there's there's a lot of your issue with this defense last year. And then the secondary is just kind of Well, there's no Antonio Winfield Junior. Okay. I mean there's yeah. there's no guy that's playing ball for Tampa uh in that secondary patrolling and being as good as he was. But but listen, Saturday's critical. For Nebraska to, to build on success, Saturday is critical for an offense to continue some explosiveness or at least some steadiness, right, against a, a defense that is, air quotes, supposed to be down. And, and then you've got the bull picture. I mean, if Nebraska wins Saturday, do you feel pretty good about uh, extra football no matter what happens week nine?
5: Yeah, I, I I would depending on on how many bowl games end up being left. I think that's that's probably the the bigger concern, you know, with a, a couple more Big 10 games getting canceled. There's just going to be a mass of teams that are, you know, two or three wins from the Big 10 with potentially still spots to fill and how do you choose them? Well, Nebraska is a team. I mean, we saw Boston College today come out and announce that, yeah, we're, we're, we're good on bulls. Like we're, we're not going to play one, which in, you know, given the circumstances makes sense. Nebraska, I believe is a team that would play one. Um, it's a team that I believe has a, has a pretty good case, just given the interest around it, uh, to, to get selected. When you're choosing a bunch of, but choosing from a bunch of teams that, all they played were conference schedules, and a lot of them have pretty similar records so I think there's there's that on the line for Nebraska, but I also think just kind of keeping there's a chance for Nebraska you, you go back to that Illinois loss, which was such kind of a reset for for the program, I think. Uh, there's a chance to to have a little bit of momentum going into 2021 as well, which I think is probably the biggest thing for the Huskers.
2: It is, because you get a shot to to end the 2020 grind fest the right way, don't you? I mean, say say you win week nine, say you get a favorable bowl matchup, say you finish out, dare I whisper, five and four. And then you can go, uh, you and I can go have a Guinness before kickoff uh, in in Ireland. I mean, things could be really good for Nebraska when it comes to the whole development side of things. Plus the youth, uh, those guys aren't young anymore. And you've got uh, a a guy that's renewed at quarterback. You've got uh, some offensive line things to work through, no matter who stays or goes. They're still young. But I think if you can... Talk a guy like JoJo into sticking around, you get the defensive line and Stilly, and your middle backers back, and, and who knows what happens in the secondary. I mean, you could have a really pretty solid team that, that could look 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 like they finished and start a, get a full year of, of good football. I, mean, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself and trying to not roll off this hype train too much, but I, I think that they could, with next year's schedule... I mean, this is all set up for him, folks, to, to do some good things. And I think you, you found a, an answer at quarterback, yet again, that you've always had there all along. We were talking uh, McKenzie Milton last Thursday. Well, uh, you were right on the money, saying, well, there's there's a lot to be decided by both quarterbacks on the current roster. And, and Adrian's taken a good step forward.
5: He, he really has. You know, um, ESPN's QBR is it, it's not a magic elixir, um, but it is the stat that, Tries to combine passing and rushing into one number. So I at least always look at it. Uh, Adrian's past two games have been two of the five best games he's, he's had from a QBR's perspective. Like, and you don't want, you know, you don't want to make too much of that, but you also don't want to undervalue it. Like his response to losing his starting job for a bit has so far uh, in terms of the resulting play, been about as good as you could have hoped for. Um, you never know what that's going to be. It's it's a little bit, and I think that's why you know we saw not just because he's a quarterback himself or a former quarterback himself, but also because the, the bond with maybe your first quarterback is a little bit stronger than than it is with just the average player. But we saw Frost agonize over making that decision. It felt like the right decision to me at the time, to, to see what Luke McCaffrey could, could bring to that offense. And, and you have to worry, you have to think big picture at that point, am I, am I losing the guy who we thought was the guy coming in? Um, and Nebraska so far hasn't. So that's, that's super encouraging in a year where you ended up getting to play seven conference games, like ending three and four. You know, if you think about a traditional season where Cincinnati was pretty good. Nebraska may not have beat Cincinnati in an in non conference matchup, but you get two wins out of that. All of a sudden, you're looking at, you know, a six or seven-win mm. season if, if a team like this has gotten to play 12.
2: Brandon Vogels with us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, his podcast, the I-80 podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and the at Media Network. Uh, check that out. Great breakdown in Nebraska, Minnesota. Vogels, I've got less than a minute and uh, level of nerves for Saturday. Do you think Nebraska wins? Does Nebraska cover? Is it tight?
5: I, I think Nebraska wins. I, I would be a little bit surprised um, if they just covered easily. That that 10-point line when it came out made me think, okay, Nebraska at, at full strength, Minnesota full strength, that's not a 10-point line. So we'll, we'll see just how shorthanded the Gophers are, but I think both teams are going to move the ball. Nebraska's defense, well, you know, not a top three or four unit in the Big Ten yet, has shown more than Minnesota's. So it's it's going to be about Minnesota's going to move the ball. What happens when they get across the 50? Can Nebraska force some field goals there? Minnesota's only attempted three all year, which, you know, to me says they're not all that confident in their kicking game. Uh, but it also says Nebraska's got to get some stops. So, I expect both teams to move it. I think it'll be a pretty good game, pretty back and forth.
2: Snow. Snow's in the forecast, and uh, snow with the, uh, the HD is awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, So it should be pretty good. Don't know how much we'll get uh, Saturday morning, but uh, roll your sleeves up for a little Big Ten football. It's toughest man in the bar type uh, fight going on with those lines of scrimmage. Vogues will talk Saturday morning. It'll be good to spend some time again with you. Thanks for diving in with us today.
5: Thank you. Take care.
2: All right, there he is, Brandon Vogel. HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, Danny Burke, pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets coming up on Hail Varsity.
1: Chime in. 402. 466 ESPN or email the show Chris and hail Just try me,
2: try me back to hail varsity radio. Back with the Tail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time to catch up with the Pride of Chicago with the Visa Network Rush Hour. You hear it on Sirius XM at six o'clock Central, and uh, you see him with the Chicago Bears uh, pregame on Fox. It's uh, Danny Burke, the Pride of Chicago. At Danny Burke Five on Twitter, Mr. Danny, man, how are you? Already uh, two weeks into December, what's shaking? You know, Schmidty, I'm
0: good because uh, for once, you and I were synchronized with saying Nebraska would. With- win as the dog in this spot and look it came to fruition it wasn't pretty it wasn't sweat free but it never is but we'll take it while we can my
2: man (laughs) Hey, at one point, it was 21-point spread, and those drinks are tasting good. And then the next minute, man, your hands shaking as you're taking another pull. Because, uh-oh, David Bell just went 89 yards. <laughs> but, hey, big-time win for Nebraska. Let's jump forward here and the uh, Nebraska-Minnesota game. It, it's You've seen the line fluctuate from 10 and a half to 9, and from 9 back to 10 and a half. You don't know, man. I mean, it's name tag city on Saturday, maybe some snow as well but all things point to nebraska trending to, to win this football game do they cover the the double digits is the question and i turn to you
0: schmitty i i'm kind of bewildered with this line here to be honest and, and a lot of times you know i defended nebraska at least in these past couple of weeks i guess you could say with covering the spread whether it be against iowa obviously purdue this past week uh, northwestern as well i i lean toward nebraska but you know, I don't understand how Nebraska's an 11-point favorite in the spot, to be completely honest with you. And I actually bet against them, and it kind of thinks because I hate betting against Nebraska unless it's kind of one of those spots in the year where it's completely just, uh, you know, forget about it. Nebraska's been disappointing, frustrating, but they're coming off a win. They've been looking better, and I want to keep rooting them to go on, but I, it's just too hard to pass up, in my opinion. I mean, what warrants Nebraska being an 11-point favorite? I know Minnesota's been kind of a train wreck this year. But I don't think it's been to that degree per se, and even more so, I just don't trust Nebraska as a double-digit favor because you even saw once they get out to a big lead now, I mean, this is kind of anecdotal with last week, but they let their teams back into it. And I'm not even saying that it's this past week, though. It just seems like that always seems to be the case. There's never a comfortable dominating Nebraska win, no matter who it's against. And it could still be against or even against this Minnesota team that has been able to put up some decent amount of points for the most part, uh, the Nebraska defense has looked better. But, Schmidt I, I don't know. I just can't justify laying 11, 10 points, whatever it is. I know the highest number is 11 uh, with Nebraska. So, I'm taking the points with the Gophers. But, yeah, I do see a Nebraska win in this spot.
2: Minnesota's been off two weeks, Danny. The The, the question is truly this. Are they ready to quit Uh, without a number of dudes, potentially. We're talking 20 COVID instances. Uh, Moe Ibrahim will will run tough. Nebraska's been better against the run. Four touchdowns, four interceptions. That's it for Tanner Morgan after last year, and his weapons have all disappeared. They've either opted out or gone to the NFL, and uh, you look at a suspect Purdue defense, right? And Nebraska put up 37. Could see more of the same against a really hampered gopher, uh, defensive unit uh, on a on a cold mon- cold Saturday morning, so I think Nebraska wins, but I, I don't think you're wrong in being hesitant with that that eleven point ten and a half point number. Uh, at least we're in agreement that, that Nebraska gets the outright. We'll just see mm-hmm. how uh, how feisty you may be with putting heat down <laughs> on uh, this Nebraska Minnesota game. Uh, are you interested in Iowa, Wisconsin, Wisconsin? Man, uh, they. Uh, it's like they read an email or something before kickoff last weekend where they had no shot of a, of a West Division crown.
0: Schmidty, this Wisconsin team has been incredibly frustrating to me. For a Big Ten team, I've actually backed them. I guess maybe it's been the one time, maybe twice. No, I, it was twice. So I did it against Northwestern, and obviously no offense there. And then I bet them last week versus Indiana because, of course, with our competition we have to make at least mm. five picks, and I was able to get the number at about 13.5, so I took advantage of that had no shot there the whole game so this Wisconsin team has just been an absolute roller coaster going up and down in the limited games they have played where you see Graham Mertz be phenomenal and then you have so many weeks off you go against Michigan in the big house you get a nice win and then you go against Northwestern Indiana and everything completely changes and you have no offense whatsoever but the interesting part about this game is that you really saw the odds shift completely in this one in terms of where the sharper action was going and you know, you and I were kind of talking pre, uh, pre-show pre mm-hmm. here, and this slate really isn't that good this week. So kind of trying to nitpick which games I wanted to do. <laughs> I circled out where the biggest movements were in terms of the sharp play, and Iowa opened up as a three-point favorite. Now you see at most places Wisconsin as a point favorite. So uh, that's even moved more than when I got it at. I got Wisconsin at plus one and a half, and so I rode with that. I'm trusting the sharp movement in this spot, and more so that Wisconsin just needs to get this win for momentum at the end of the year. In Iowa, we all have good their defenses, Wisconsin's has been better, and Iowa has been known to play down to their competition in some spots, so maybe this is one of them, or maybe you just bank on Wisconsin finally having good offense. But I think, as indicated by the point spread, this is going to come down to the wire, and I'm going to trust Graham Mertz a little bit more than I'm going to trust Petrus in this spot. So uh, give me Wisconsin.
2: That's solid logic on the quarterbacks. Uh, Iowa's front seven's been incredible. Wisconsin's without their starting center. This thing's going to be points at a premium. And we're talking your traditional thirteen to ten. Somebody sneezes. There's a yep. false start. There's your difference, right? But uh, I, 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 guess I would lean Iowa just because it's at home, and I know home means nothing, but it's still, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's still Iowa City, and uh, you know it'd be totally like Wisconsin to snap out of this and in ruin. Iowa's uh, really pretty good bounce back season after going zero and two, but I just like Iowa at home. I, I think I'm I think I'm going to take Iowa in the point. I, I why not? Uh, I got about a minute and a half, two minutes here. the The battle for Cook County and beyond, right? I, Illinois and <laughs> in, in Northwestern. Northwestern, are, are we going to get a little peekaboo action by Fitz's crew uh, with this rivalry game? Lovey, I mean they jumped out fourteen nothing against Iowa. They curb stomped Nebraska. Illinois. Is Got some fight in them here.
0: And I mean, Schmitty, don't you have to play into account that Northwestern's already set for the conference championship game, too? I mean, how, how dominant are we going to see Northwestern in this game? How many players are going to play the whole way? Um, and that offense, I'm still just not writing home about it with Northwestern by any means. And Illinois is such an odd team, obviously, where they've had some decent performances mm-hmm. and where they haven't. Uh, I wouldn't lay the 14. I don't like laying that many points. and For me to lay with 23, though, Ohio State was a big thing last week. Luckily, that came uh, through. But with Northwestern, I don't think they have a good enough offense for me to want to lay it with them. I'm not betting this one, but if anything, is as, as much as it pains me to say, I would be taking the side of Illinois and the plus 14.
2: Uh, aside from the Maryland uh, explosion of 43 points, they have scored 21. They've scored Twenty one again, 27, mm-hmm. 17, and in twenty in the loss, and then they they haven't played for a week. So there we go. Thirty seconds. Danny Burke, pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets. His show, Rush Hour, six p.m. Central on the Vison Network, Sirius XM. Your NFL pick of the weekend. Who do you like? Thirty seconds.
0: Uh, uh, Shreddy, it's been tough because the slate's actually really intriguing. I'm sweating out a teaser that I still have pending with the Ravens from the other night in the box, but. I think I'm going to end up pulling the trigger on the Cardinals. It seems like a by-low spot with them against the Giants. The Giants have been playing better. They've been covering the spread. The Cardinals, come on. they got to win this game. <laughs> it's very infuriating, but I'm taking Kyler Murray and the Cardinals minus 2.5.
2: You know, you've been on the cards for the last couple of weeks. You've been <laughs> you've been sucked in by the Hail Mary win, man. Yep. But good luck to you. Danny Burke with us. VEASAN Sports Network. His show Rush Hour. pregame game with the Bears on Fox Chicago. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter out to Chicago. Have a good week, brother. You and Paul
0: Smitty. Talk to you soon.
2: Got to love some Danny Burke. Mike Leach coming up. Hail Varsity continues.
1: Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or
2: 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Out of Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson is in. We'll run down the pirate, Mike Leach, see what he's up to. Coming up here before the show is done, we welcome in the Hall of Fame coach with Colorado and Northwestern. We say hi to Gary Barnett. Coach, uh, we've had 60s and 50s before it gets all Big Ten weatherish this weekend. How How are you hanging? How's the weather been for you?
6: Well, we got our first rain today, Chris, in 110 days, <sighs> and it, it's like people are going outside and waving at it. It's, uh, it, it was a good soaker. Uh, the golf courses needed it. The valley needed it, so it was, it was really a welcome rain, and it's a little chilly, but it's going to get nice tomorrow, and it'll be okay.
2: So did you get golf in before the, the rain?
6: I got nine holes in, and uh, it was raining pretty hard, and and just opted out. But uh, (laughs) I did go down to the putting simulator, uh, looked at my stroke a little bit, decided it was awful, and uh, worked on that. So, you know, got something out of it.
2: Man, you're a a high 70s, low 80s, or or low 70s on, on some certain days. You're you're a really good golfer and you're you're telling me with a straight face? Yeah, my 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 putting's not good. I don't believe you, man. Oh
6: no, it's true. You go to the simulator. It'll show you what what you're doing wrong. So, uh, you know, coaches, we we our philosophy is you're either getting better or you're getting worse. If, so, you got to work on it.
2: If the Big 10 went to the simulator, what would it tell it? <laughs>
6: uh you know what uh, I think the big Ten made the right decision um this everything considered uh you know if they hadn't have done it, they'd have been called rigid and and old school and uh once they did it, they're saying, well, you're just playing the, uh Ohio state, but uh they did it you know i am I'm, I'm I'm good with it, I really am, and um you know, I don't think and enough people really care <laughs> to, for it to make a difference and i think that everybody wants to see the best teams play mm-hmm. and ohio state i think is probably one of the best teams and so uh you know let's go for it see what
2: happens i think that's the the appropriate thought as well i mean ohio state won the head to head against indiana i think coach allen's really good he's got a, a bunch of kids that love playing for him and it would have been fun to see northwestern indiana uh, play ball. I don't know that Fox Sports would have liked missing Ohio State two weekends in a row. Yeah,
6: yeah. Uh,
2: from a TV side of things. But what's Northwestern's take on this? I mean, obviously you've won. You've won the West, and uh, they're 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 lying. in wait, is there some nerves? And we'll get to the rapid fire, uh, Coach Barnett Pickham, in a little bit. But what's it like going into that Illinois and Northwestern rivalry game ahead of a conference title game?
6: Well, I, I don't think anybody cares. I think, um, you know, Fitz knows he's got a good club, and and they they the rivalry with Illinois is not a national rivalry, but it's a big rivalry between those two schools. And it's, um, you know, I know Fitz is taken it personally, uh, and every time he plays – Illinois, he really he really wants to beat those guys and 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 feels like they can and they can. So uh, I haven't talked to him this week, but um, I know that they don't care what's up next week. Uh, they really they really want to play Illinois, and Illinois is playing better. Yeah. as you know, yeah, and yes, so yes, we know. Um, they're a pretty good team, and so this isn't going to be the cakewalk that people thought it might be earlier.
2: Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking college football. So, a thought on Nebraska-Minnesota. I want to get your take on Colorado and the Pac-12 as well with uh, the, the South Division. But Nebraska played a, a good ball game against Purdue. Had a chance to, to blow it open. It got tight. They responded. Adrian Martinez is doing about everything, man. He's, he's playing really good football, but the defense is better. What's your uh, your your read on, on Minnesota? As as ravaged as they've been with COVID, they still uh, they, they've still they've shown some glimpses this year, although they haven't played in a long time.
6: Well, they've uh, you, you know they got a the Ibrahim uh, guy is a, is a really good running back. He was at one point leading the country or at least Power Five conference, and and so you know he can run the ball. You know Tanner Morgan, the quarterback, has not had the year. Everybody thought he would. Uh, you know, it looks like Bateman opted out. But um, they're still a pretty good football team. You know, I, this was a year, um, you know, the, that uh, uh, they really thought they were going to be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, TJ thought, he said last year was something, but he said the next year, meaning this year, is going to be their year. And, and uh, because of COVID, because of other issues, and just because they haven't played as well, um you know they're not quite in that position so this is still a dangerous team but to me nebraska is starting to hit a little bit of a of a, a rhythm you know when you defensively you know they they were awesome last week 3 of 13 mm-hmm. on third downs for Purdue minus two rushing uh so and, and they didn't try to run the ball what 17 times but their defense is playing really much better now and you don't turn the ball over, which is a new thing for Nebraska right now. You know, you continue that sort of rhythm, uh, then, you know, it's a game they should win. And, you know, who knows after that. But, you know, likely they might end up with a bowl the way I saw Boston College turn one down. Mm -hmm. A few other people are going to turn them down. I, I think I counted there's 33 bowls available and not that many teams that are qualified for them
2: that's the hope if you if you get one saturday if you handle success the right way if you're nebraska and you can go into that week nine with whoever it's against um right get to four and four or even if you're three and five this is a unique year i mean that'd be that'd do wonders and i think you're you're right on nebraska feels and looks a little different i think it was a really rough lesson against illinois i think they've been pretty locked in this week and they feel pretty good. It's, it's really cool to see players interact with coaches after a win. I saw that on the sideline with Nebraska-Purdue. The players were really, really happy for Coach Frost, just like the Indiana kids, Coach. We're really excited and all over Coach Allen after the win in Wisconsin. So that, that's got to be a, a feeling that, that's not topped that easily. Is that is that fair to say you've had that Oh, moment. yeah,
6: no, totally. You know, that's that's as good as it. You just see how excited. You know, er, these guys spend so much time together. And um, it, it's funny. It's like little kids. <laughs> and you win a game like that, and they just the, – you're so exuberant and so excited that you just – You look like a five-year-old out there at Christmas, and it's um, it's that's that's so much fun. You know, you just get down to your basic instincts, and and it's it's to celebrate that way.
2: Coach, uh, I wanted a thought from you on the Pac-12, and uh, let's look at Colorado. I mean, Colorado's ranked. Colorado's four and zero. You got a tough one against Utah. They've switched things, so you got a a later kickoff uh, coming up here against Utah, and and Utah is always a tough football team, but. Covid uh, stepped in against SC in Colorado, but right now the the tiebreaker, the nod goes to to SC over the Buffs. Any any thought of of figuring out a way for those two teams to hook up before a Pac twelve title game, or what's your thought moving forward?
6: Well, I I think if um, the Pac twelve could see their way to the to flexibility in their thinking, uh, that they might put. Colorado and FC against each other. But both those teams have to win, mm-hmm. and both of them have tough games. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I, you set it out. That's something you need to do before the year starts. And, um, you know, the ACC has set that precedent. You can do that. And I suppose because that precedent, precedent's been set, they can go ahead and make that decision now. But I would like to see him be uh, forward, forward-thinking enough to have made that decision before the season started. So, if you're if you're Washington or Oregon, you, you know you're going to feel really slighted. Mm-hmm. But uh, if if they should go that way, and it doesn't look like, like they will, but you don't know, it could happen. Um, so, uh, you know, I know Rick George, the AD at Colorado doesn't like the decision, and he's got to say that publicly. I have mm-hmm. no idea what he thinks privately. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. Each conference has got to look out for itself, and the Big Ten looked out for itself. Uh, it, this isn't going to have anything to do with anybody getting into the college football playoffs. There's no money involved so uh, for the conference. So their decision can maybe remain a little more um, you, you know, I guess territorial. Sure. And and take care of the conference and that would be letting both sides have a winner and, and have the two winners play each other.
2: Gary Barnett's with us a couple more minutes. Coach, I want to go to the, the coaching carousel and, and get your take on Texas and Coach Herman's relationship. I know you had told us that you were uh, a finalist for the Texas job a few years back and uh, you've had interactions down there with folks. Can can the Texas program and brass move forward with Herman? What's that relationship like uh, now if Texas was going to maybe make a move for a guy on Fox and that didn't end up working out?
6: Well, it's, in, in Texas, you better have a good relationship with about seventeen or eighteen guys and or that people. big and if you yeah it's that big if you do, you're gonna hang in there if you don't <laughs> uh then you know you're gonna be riding into the sunset so um there's about seventeen or eighteen guys that you've got to keep happy down there. And I don't know what's happened. I have no idea how Tom's handled all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Mac Brown did a great job of it. And because of that, was probably more qualified for the Texas job than I was when he got it. So, you know, he, Mac did a great job of doing that. And I, I don't know where Tom's situation is.
2: Did you enjoy uh, time with, with boosters and, and, and supporters uh, of the program? Uh,
6: not like... Uh, for example, Mac Brown did. Okay. You know, I I was more of a, more businesslike and more uh, about players and coaches than I was anything else. So I didn't uh, dislike it, uh, but I I spent my time and efforts on players and coaches uh, and people around our program than I did anything else.
2: Do you have a feel at all with Michigan and Harbaugh?
6: Yeah, I think Michigan's going to – they're going to just offer him a smaller salary, give him more incentives, uh, give him an extension uh, based on that. And, uh, you know, I I think that will make everybody happy. Michigan, you know, they just don't fire guys. Well, they actually have. I guess <laughs> Rodriguez, three and out, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and Brady Hoke. So I guess they sort of do that. But, you know, they they, they made such a big deal about Harbaugh, and everybody wanted him. Harbaugh. And so I don't think this is an easy one for them. But I think they give him an extension, maybe lower salary a little bit, considering the situation, hmm. and give him some incentives.
2: Gary Barnett's with his coach. Rapid Fire, Minnesota, Nebraska, Huskers minus 10 and a half.
6: Yeah, I don't know if 10 and a half's right, but I think Huskers win.
2: Uh, Let's uh, jump into Wisconsin, Iowa, Wisconsin minus one and a
6: half. Well, I just had to make a a pick. My wife and I do this. We have a weekly picking contest. Really? So I just had to make this decision about 10 minutes ago. And I, I went with Iowa. I just think they got a little momentum going uh, you know, it's at Iowa, and there'll be some people in the stands. I don't think Wisconsin's playing all that well, so I went with
3: Iowa.
2: You know, I kind of lean Iowa as well, and I don't know if that's going to make the change your 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 bet or not or your uh, your pick. Uh, Illinois Northwestern minus fourteen for a rivalry game.
6: Yeah, well, if if I'm a betting man, and so I'm looking at the spread, I'm going with Illinois, but I think Northwestern wins a game at fourteen and a half. is too much.
2: You've got a lot of games canceled. Speaking of Mac Brown, Miami minus three, North Carolina on the road.
6: You know, I'm, I, I just think uh, North Carolina's got something going for it, and, and I've liked Miami all along. I think they're so much better. Uh, I don't think the road makes any difference. I, I just, I think Mac's going to score some points, okay. and I'm going to go with uh, North Carolina.
2: LSU at Florida, Gators minus 23. Is that too large, or is, is LSU, I mean, they're not bowling this year, so.
6: Uh, you know, I, I think that's about right. I think Gators cover. All
2: right. Uh, Gary Barnett with this Coach, have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, some golf. Enjoy some football with Colorado and Utah.
6: Sounds great. I, I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend. You
2: too. Take care, Coach. Thanks so much. Good to hear from Coach Gary Barnett. That is awesome. I need to start doing that at, at my house, where me and the bunny have a weekly pickem contest.
1: Yeah, and then you know, winner picks dinner or something like well, that. You
2: well, know. yes, clearly. <laughs> if I if I want it made or picked up, it's me. Boom. <laughs> she is uh, doing the nurse thing right now, so bless her heart. She's in hazmat gear for thirteen hour oh, shifts. Man. Good for her. And then when she gets home, I ask her to put on the, the uniform, a different nurse uniform, and and she works for a firearm. <laughs> it's just how it works. She's cool, though. Good stuff from Gary Barnett. Lots covered there. And I get a kick out of Coach talking about, yeah, you need to be friends with about 18 dudes down in Texas. And they all have long Cadillacs. They all have boss hog horns on the front, uh, horns on the front of their Cadillacs. And... About 17, 18, J.R. Ewing's down there. All right, buckle in. We will dive in and uh, spend some time with the pirate, Mike Leach, up next to Tail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. we in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hello. Coach, you doing all right?
7: Yeah, shoot! We're getting ready to go out to practice. Get ready for another one here, you know.
2: Well, that's the way it is. And I got to ask you, uh, how's it worked out for you, Mike Leach, with us here on Alvar City Radio? You're down to slim and none when it comes to your scholarship numbers. How have you navigated that in the last couple of weeks? You got Auburn this weekend.
7: Yeah, we're gaining ground a little. We're still below the limit or whatever, but. Um, Anyways, it, it is what it is. And then, you know, so it's kind of mixed. I mean, on one hand, um, you don't want to be shorthanded. But the other hand, you really don't want to miss the opportunity to play, you know.
2: Well, that's kind of the message here in Lincoln. Scott Frost and Nebraska have been very adamant all year, obviously, about playing ball. And it's not gone well some weekends. It's gone well other weekends, but it's about getting better and you get better by playing. Has that been your message to your kids?
7: yeah, that's totally been our message and um and you know the thing is is uh with all the disruption i mean it's uh you know it, it's pretty difficult to um uh, consistently uh perform at the level you'd like and of course we're a very young team so that was going to be an adventure anyway but um but the thing is is uh you know you still want you want to get those reps in i mean there's a lot of good stuff happening out there and we're, we're got guys getting better and things like that and um and you really want to continue that
2: coach uh do you how do you stay patient? with youth you, you can see flashes and this isn't your first rodeo building a program
7: it's, it's up and down it's highs and lows i mean it's really exciting to see them improve and then there'll be some phone head thing that uh you look out there and you say i can do that myself which uh <laughs> um yeah you know, just it, it, it is i mean it's it, it, it's it's uh, both extremes. Very fulfilling. and Very frustrating.
2: I got to ask you: Are you are you in a, a kitchen or a uh, a kind of a, a work slash break room? You, you got the you got some rattling around yeah, going on. You, here's
7: what's going on here. You'll like this. Uh, okay, so it's a cowbell. So I'm signing stuff, footballs and cowbells, and see, we're a big cowbell university. So, so was, uh, I'm signing some cowbells, and they sound like this. <laughs> so we got a bunch of cowbells here, and so I'm signing some for the the good folks of uh, Mississippi State. I,
2: I like that the uh, the, the cowbell and i don't have just the uh the the instrumental to to don't fear the reaper but man i wish i did because you could play along
7: we could for sure
2: mike leach with us on hail varsity radio so i want to jump into the the transfer portal with you on on how that is to navigate in 2020 and if you put your college football czar hat on. Uh would you would you have it as wide open as it is or are you just dealing with it?
7: Just deal with it. I mean, um you know, I'm uh, just dealing with it. That's all you can do. I mean, uh you know, the transfer um you know, you wonder if if you're going to have a transfer portal. Um you know, maybe we ought to as as, uh, as teams or coaches. You ought to be able to transfer some guys if they don't hold up their end. You know,
2: <laughs> so so cutting folks that aren't living up to expectations. Yeah, I mean, uh,
7: uh, <laughs> you know, guy says, "Hey, uh, you know, I want to go somewhere where I can play," or you know, there's some guys. You know, sometimes a certain amount are just malcontent type of guys that you just missed on, you're just wrong about. Man, the guy transfers, they want a different school. Well, we might want a different player, you know?
2: What's that like for you uh, when it comes to making contact with a kid? Obviously, you want to see him in person and, inv- and evaluate. You, you can't do that in 2020. But just overall, uh, through your experience... Uh,
7: Honestly, most of the players that we've had uh, transfer are guys that are looking for an opportunity to play for the most part. Not all. For the most part, they're looking for a chance. They're down the depth chart. They just want a chance to play. And that's. I, I think that's more legitimate. There are some cut-and-run guys. There's no question about that. Um, uh, but uh, I think that uh, – you know they're talking about some rule where uh everybody gets a free transfer for one year doesn't have to sit well, then if they do that, then everybody'll just uh strictly recruit off the transfer portal, you know, yeah, um so I don't I think they need to be careful with this I mean uh because you know when I was in college, hell, I wanted to cut and run a lot, you know, it's like, oh, this is hard, yeah, it's hard. And then, um, but you know, there's a certain amount of growth and benefit to persevering and pushing through, and um, and the ability to uh, uh, the ability to do that is something that you learn. You're not just born with. And I think that uh, uh, you know, have, having to push through uh, uh, provides its own rewards. And I think that that's a uh, important thing that uh, we need to make sure doesn't get lost.
2: A few minutes. Mike Leach with us. Hail Varsity Radio head coach Mississippi State. Big showdown with Auburn this weekend and coach right now is signing cowbells for all the Mississippi State fans and I'm sure a few Husker fans would uh, would send a cowbell your way if, if they had one. Uh, I gotta ask you with the, the conversation uh, when it comes to a kid, have you had kids... Look in the eye and say, Coach, here's my reason. And then does the conversation stay positive? Do you get ticked off? Does the kid get an attitude? You, you've had all, all instances, I'm, I'm, I'm sure.
7: What the, the first part of the question, what did you say?
2: When it comes to the, the transfer part, do you have kids come tell you themselves or is it just something you find out after the fact?
7: Uh, both. Well, uh, but they, uh, to go on the portal, they go through, they go to compliance. So you, um, even if they don't come to you, you, you hear from compliance that they're going to, you know, and some kids, well, I mean, it's all shapes and sizes. Sometimes yeah. the guy's just discouraged and you need to pep him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the guy's, uh, a bad attitude guy and he beats you to the portal before, uh, uh, you know, you are inclined to encourage him to move on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a guy down the depth chart that you really have kind of a lot of uh, um, admiration for, you know, that tries hard, plays hard, does everything you ask him. He just wants an opportunity to play. And then, yet, and you know, at least in my case, I actively uh, will call around and try to, you know, uh, find some people to uh, – you know, it would be a good opportunity for him, and then, um, um, and then some have just been guys that, oh, I don't know, like a young guy just gets discouraged prematurely, and rather than stick it out, uh, um, uh, where you know odds are high, he would have been successful if he kept pushing and kept trying. Um, you know, he didn't give himself that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, goes on the transfer portal, and, and those type of guys, uh, you'll see them on the portal again. The you know, the following year. You know, some guys are, some guys are perpetual portal guys, and um, and uh, you know, and I think that's a bad approach.
2: What's an instance? You said that there were times you wanted to cut and run. Who gave you the advice to stick it out? Obviously, you've um, had moments where you've had to to persevere persevere through things, but is there a moment you think back to uh, either undergrad, law school, coaching, whatever?
7: Well, you know, I I went to college, uh, and I I graduated in eight semesters, which is a little quicker than I'd recommend. I should have smelled the roses more. Yeah, Um, About 17. I should have smelled the roses more, but, you know, I mean, it's all the same thing with everybody, if you think about it. It's really... Generally speaking, it's it's the same with everybody, you, you know, you have a bad day, you feel sorry for yourself, you got all of a sudden, you know, a midterm, a paper and two other papers and then a surprise pop quiz, all the stuff, you know, you get overwhelmed with your academics, you start to feel sorry for yourself, you think maybe I should do something else, is it all worth it, you start to feel sorry for yourself, uh, you know four years of school, or in my case, if you go to law school, that's a long time. You know, you feel sorry for yourself. You just got to boost yourself up. And I I found that just kind of trying to be around positive people, listening to positive people that have achieved things. um, I can draw my own encouragement out of that. Some of it was subtle. Some of it's just maybe a nice person or a stranger you met. Mm -hmm. Some of it were friends that I could confide in. Um, Basically, they just listen and you get it off your chest. And just by articulating it, you create your own clarity to a situation. I can't say I was always right, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that it definitely helped. And it uh, offered me a chance to make the right decision a lot of times. Um, And, uh, I don't know, you just you just got to keep pushing. You got to keep push showing up and, uh, you know, all you can do every day is uh, is uh, believe in yourself and do the best you can. And I think in the end, it'll take you quite far.
2: Mike Leach with us on Hale City Radio. Coach, hang on the line. If you've got a couple more minutes, we'll get into some more uh, signing topics, some of the things you've signed that's uh, unique in your career. It's Pirate sitting there in his office just rattling around cowbells. And we will play Name That Too and Tune in 2021 with him, I promise. He'll have a cowbell. Willie J or Elijah or Damon will pick the song. And we'll play that Name That Tune with the Pirate. So that'd be all right. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a safety belt can reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, more coming up with Mike Leach. We'll get back into the autograph session, signing. Uh, Leach will be uh, pretty good with that. Uh, We'll spend some more time here on Nebraska, Minnesota as that gears forward. Do not forget, we are at at, uh, the Mercado tomorrow. Me and Jay Moore, Roadshow Friday, North 84th with uh, Piedmontese. More with Coach Leach next.
3: And
1: now,
2: and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Mike Leach with us, Hail Varsity Radio, Coach, uh, sitting in, getting ready for practice, signing cowbells. Uh, we could play name that tune, but I, I want to ask you a, uh, what, what's the, the coolest or the um, most unique thing you've signed in your career? And I know there's a lot of books out there, swing your sword that have autographs.
7: I don't I don't know about cool, but unique was okay. So I said a signing. I was at a signing um at Texas Tech, you know, and after spring after the spring uh game we would have uh, uh we would have uh, uh autograph signing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and so uh there's a there's a lady back here, an older lady, and she's a, she's a big older lady. And um and she comes up and you know, kinda laughing, blushing, laughing and blushing. And she comes up and she holds up this bra. Oh wow. And I mean this this bra, we're talking uh, volleyball size, okay? And, and I, I don't know what the, the letters of the alphabet would be, but uh Multiple D's you know. You know, it's, it's, i that hire volleyball. Okay. And, and, and so then, um, and she's, you know, sort of, uh, embarrassedly laughing. I, I, as she did it. And then you can see by her t-shirt that that was the, the, the one that she, uh, wore to the game that day. Okay. Cause you, you can, you can see that at some point it was pulled off
2: uh-huh.
7: and then, um, Behind her are kind of, her, her, and I'm assuming her adult kids,
6: mm-hmm.
7: they're younger than her, but her adult kids, it's almost like mom lost a bet or something, or, or they dared her or something. And so they're back there just laughing, right? And she brings up the bra and says, would you sign this? Well, I'm happy to sign nearly everything. And um, <clears throat> so, yep, sure enough, I signed a. Signed a big bra.
2: So you got to sign a bra, but have you ever had to sign, or I shouldn't say have to? Uh, have you been asked to sign cleavage before?
7: Uh, uh I, I I went at the top, kind of between the neck and the cleavage. I uh, basically I agreed to uh, shoot high. Yeah, okay, I, sure. I did have a I did have a, a guy come up one time, and. No, I mean, as long as he enjoys it, I guess it's a good thing. But um, uh, he has me sign his arm, okay, autograph his arm, because he's planning. As soon as it's, uh, you know, as soon as it's done, from there, he's going to go get it tattooed on his arm, okay. Um, And I thought. Um, tattooing my signature to an arm, I wouldn't encourage anyone to, um, uh, I would think very carefully about a move like that, but, um, uh, hopefully he's still satisfied with my signature tattooed to his arm.
2: The back to the aiming high portion of the interview between cleavage and neck w- was, was the technique solid? Were you shaky or not?
7: Um, No, not shaky at all. Um, Not shaky at all. But uh, I'm left-handed, so um, so it's naturally kind of a a shaky signature to begin with. Uh, Left-handers will relate to this um, because if it's gonna smear, you're kind of screwed. You don't get a rest. uh, You don't get a rest. Your hand. Um, down while you write like a righty does. Because uh, a lefty, if you rest your hand down and, and right, it's going to smear it, gotcha. you know? Yes. And so you try not to do that.
2: Coach, last thought before we let you go. Uh, bowl picture. Everyone's able to go bowling. The bowl options continue to shrink. Do you guys think you'll have an opportunity? And could uh, we get Moose on the horn and – Put together Mississippi State Nebraska showdown somewhere.
7: I don't know. It sounds like though we will have the chance to go to a bowl, just you know, because of the slots. Mm-hmm. I would be excited about uh, another game, you know, under any circumstances. And um, uh, so, but it does. Uh, it does look like uh, we signed a thing the other day that. Uh, yes, we are excited to go to a bowl if given the opportunity.
2: Well, best of luck this weekend. You feel pretty good practice. I know you're going to head to the last practice before walkthrough and all that, but good week for you guys as Auburn rolls in?
7: I think we've had a pretty good week of practice. You know, we need to keep progressing and keep getting better that way, but uh, I think we have had a good week.
2: Well, Coach, keep signing those cowbells, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and the family, and we'll do this again. Thanks for jumping on with us.
7: All right, absolutely. Always good to talk
0: to you.
2: It's a pirate, Mike Leach. We've got the uh, technique on signing and aiming high above cleavage, below the neckline. And that is, Leach has told a thousand stories with us over the years from Requesting the haunted room in the Hollywood Hotel, to talking about Santa this time of year and Winnie knew about Santa, to dirt clod fights and Roman candle wars, and how uh, there are beautiful people in the city of Cuba that can dance, to now. The Texas Tech fan that's burned into his imagery that provided him with a bra to sign after a spring game. did not get any better than that. It really doesn't. And, and he got very descriptive since radio is a medium he's familiar with. Was on Sirius XM with Jack Aroot for a year between Tech and Washington State. He got descriptive and he said volleyball size. Paints the picture. It does. <laughs> <laughs> that was thoroughly enjoyable. And and it, it was good enough to, to have him just kind of go off on the whole transfer portal. It's <laughs> like, there's a few guys I want to kick out. Yeah. But I can't. But no, Pirate's the best, man. He's he's good. So we'll have part of that up on the SoundCloud for you, com, the on-demand section, the full Pirate interview with Mike Leach, but specifically signage. Coaches get asked to sign a lot of things. I got to call Switzer up, see if he can go down memory lane with – because this all started like with, you know, spring football, and it's autograph day, it's fan day. Didn't have it this year, obviously, but – where things are, things get weird with fans asking you to sign things. And what kind of spurred this on was, Willie J, your Twitter, because you had a, a friend or somebody you were with in Arizona that you signed ESPN Lincoln, 101.5 on the cast. That's right. Because you're always repping. Mm-hmm. Got to take like, advantage. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no more ink left in the Sharpie <laughs> on that thing, but that was good. So uh, that was really awesome. Mike Leach this hour, Gary Barnett this hour, Brandon Vogel, Danny Burke with his best bets. We'll wind down a Thursday. We are at the Mercado Piedmontese tomorrow. North 84th, myself, Jay Moore, back after this.
1: Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. We're in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: What final time, and again, road show Friday, the Mercado, North 84th, Certified Piedmontese. I have had Kielbasa. I have had uh, their Louisiana Red Hot. I have tried their beef brat. I have had New York strip. I have had ribeye. And for uh, Thanksgiving, we went bone-in prime rib. Yes. And short ribs on Joe Papa's smoker. Incredible. You know I'm a big-time carnivore. I love steak. I love steak. Right? Nothing wrong. And when I talk about Piedmontese, <laughs> your friends uh, at the Mercado, an incredible butcher shop... They'll take care of you. They'll treat you right. They'll give you amazing... Oh, and I I even did their to-go burnt ends. And I mistakenly shared, which means I got none, which is fine. People I was sharing with, awesome, awesome folks. Love them dearly. So it was all good, but it was a hit. Mm. It's like, hey, you can come over more Friday nights.
1: The one piece of meat I've always wanted to try, uh, b- Beef Wellington.
2: Okay, so is that... Uh, I'm going to just look it up here. I, I I see it. I know it. But is there something like incredible in the mi- middle? Like you have chicken Kiev that has butter in the middle, right? That, uh-huh. That you know, shoot you in the face.
1: <laughs> in the face. Sure. I don't know. I watch a lot of Hell's Kitchen. They cook it all the time. It looks magnificent. Okay.
2: We are going to look up. Before- we got to do that for uh, for Christmas. Mm-mm. So we're gonna we're gonna just dive into beef Wellington. It does look incredible. Mm-hmm. It's crusted, yeah, Willie it's like J. Dough on in the outside. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a loaf of bread with <laughs> it's like a loaf of bread with uh, either tenderloin or or prime rib in the middle, dude. Beef Wellington. It's an English pie made with filet steak, coated with pate. <laughs> a delicacy oh man because it's wrapped in in uh ham and in puff pastry then it's baked man. dude it's on the bucket list undefeated well i i'll talk you know what we're going to talk to him about what type of meat which we should we do for beef wellington i mean i know i know it says the tenderloin but i'll go pick out a tenderloin Bang! We're gonna do. We're gonna do beef Wellington for Christmas at uh, the Schmidt house. I'll be over. D- done. It's right there. Mama's working. You can just sit where she's at. <laughs> it's all good. My brother may charge you a door entry. Yeah, but that's just him. Don't mind him. Uh, you buy Coach K's. Let's push this thing back. Let's cancel because Duke's canceled the rest of their non-conference. They are kind of tired of getting their ass handed to them. I wonder if other schools are going to follow part on that. Well, you got Patino and, and Coach K whining. Uh, and listen, they're, they're really good, and they've got a lot NBA dudes, but they're not playing well together. And, you know, you had a Nebraska fan that was ticked off about the Illinois game, Nebraska fan ticked off about losing to the, the Wisconsin game. And I get it, but I think you're seeing this team get a lot better. And I think there's a log jam, right? Wisconsin's human this year. Northwestern's four points better than about everybody or a touchdown. Nebraska's playing good ball. They need to keep it up Saturday. Jay Moore on the road with me tomorrow. Thanks for spending time. Check that Mike Leach interview out. Hail Varsity back at you on the road at the Mercado tomorrow.